Good morning, church. If you're new with us today, I wanted to introduce myself. My name's Ben, and I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and we are glad that you are here with us. And uh, we are doing this red letter challenge right now, and we're in topic number three this week. And it has been fun. I hope for, for those of you in the audience, you would agree with me if you've been going through it with us. It's been fun getting to dig into some of these topics. So far, we've hit on being, this idea of being with Jesus, right? So often, uh, we might jump to today's topic, like, what do I do for Jesus? But we want to first rest and be with Jesus, spend time with him. And then last week, we talked about forgiveness. And I've just been hearing in a lot of our life groups that there have been some great conversations this last week as we have just dealt with this topic together. And today, we get to talk about the, the topic that probably has grown me the most in uh, my ministry. And what that is, is serving. Something that we saw Jesus do so often in his ministry. But when I think about an earthly example of a servant, one of the ones that often comes to mind for me is Mother Teresa, right? Uh, Mother Teresa is this uh, amazing woman who served almost her entire life in getting to just care for people and love people. For 19 years, she was a school teacher in Calcutta, India, and then she finally, she, she heard from the Lord one day that she was supposed to start this ministry to the poor. And so she began to, to talk with the Pope and uh, get permission to be able to go and do this, and then for the remainder, almost 50 years of her life, she spent time serving the least of the least, the poor, the, the, the infants, uh, creating opportunity for people who were kicked out to the streets to be loved and cared for, right? And she became uh, this symbol for many people uh, that, man, this, this is what it looks like to serve. This is what it looks like to care for people. And uh, as we hear that example, you'd be like, Ben, I can't be Mother Teresa. Some of you guys are like, because I'm a dude, right? But, but others of us, we're just saying, I can't do that. It's too hard. Like she gave everything to that. Here's what I want us to think about today. Is there one step that you can take? One extra step? Maybe God wants you to take a couple extra steps when it comes to serving, right? You don't have to be Mother Teresa, but... How does God want to begin to stir your heart today to make you think, what could I do? God, what, what are you pushing me towards? Just like Mother Teresa had that moment on the train where she's like, this is what the rest of my life's mission's supposed to be like. What if today was a moment like that for you? Where God began to, to whisper something into your ear saying, do this. A, a quote from Mother Teresa that I think uh, helps us kind of feel like this is a little more manageable for us is this. She says uh, this at one point in her life. God doesn't ask us to do great things. He asks us to do small things with great love. He asks us to do small things with great love. And when we begin to think about it like that, we think to ourselves, I might be able to do that. Like I can do small things with great love. I can make that happen on a daily basis. I, I, I can serve in that type of way. And, and what if we began to be more intentional saying, all right, I'm not looking for just that, that giant thing that I need to do, but I'm going to look for this small thing that I can do with great love, great intentionality. 
I love that side of it. But, but why even talk about serving? Why, why would Mother Teresa give her life to serving in that type of way? Because our leader, our Savior, did that. Right? Jesus was all about being a servant. I want to point to a scripture in Philippians and help us kind of see how Paul talks about Jesus. He says this, and he's, he's talking to Christians here. He says in verse 5 of chapter 2, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You know, often at night I find myself, as I'm tucking my kids in and praying for them, it is praying that they would be more and more like Jesus, right? That they would have his love, that they would have his kindness. This is just, I don't, I don't know why the last month or two has been like this as we pray at the end of the night. But think about this. If we were to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, and then it begins to say, what was his mindset like? He says this, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So Jesus was God. When he, he's here on earth. He's not like walking around like, hey guys, I'm God. I'm God. Fetch me some water. Right? Like, right? He, he's not doing that. He didn't uh, use it to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. And at that name, this is going to be neat when we get to see this someday, at that name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right? We see this and, and what did Jesus do as God? He served. Right? When we, we think about ourselves being just merely human, how do we say, man, God, how can I serve how can I come into whatever situation it looks like? Or whether you're leading a company or leading a family, uh, how can we come in and say, how do I serve? How do I lead through serving? You know, that's what I want us to begin to wrestle with today because here's what I know to be true in my life, as I already said, is that I have grown so much in my faith because of serving. I, I really do think that, that serving fulfills us in a different way than the other topics that we've talked about. You know, being with God matters, but also doing the work of God matters as well. So a question I want you to wrestle with today, I think we've talked about this maybe before, is this, is do you, do you want to be selfish or do you want to be a servant? Do you want to be selfish or do you want to be a servant? And I know that it doesn't always feel like it's, it's that clear cut that you can just, uh, you know, dice it up that way. But I really do want us to, to wrestle with this as we go through this topic today. Because uh, when we choose servant, God's going to fulfill you in different ways. And here's what I think is interesting. Is that I've seen Christians at time love the idea of being with God. Love the idea of, of getting lots of knowledge about God but then their life begins to look a little unbalanced, right? There, there's times when, when 
People will say, hey, I, I showed up to church on Sunday. I do a daily devotional every day. I'm in three Bible studies, but then they're not serving anywhere. And I, though I think it's good to have that knowledge, I also think it's good to say, how do I put my faith into action? How, how do I really take a step in that right direction? Now, I know we can get unbalanced on the other way as well. I'm not saying, hey, here's what you should do. Skip church all the time and just serve constantly, right? Because that's just as bad. We want to create this balance where we're being with the Lord and we're serving the Lord. This matters so much. And, and when we begin to have this balance and we strike it right, we're going to find ourselves growing in our relationship with God in, in ways that I think don't come when you're just singly saying, I'm just doing knowledge or I'm just investing in serving and doing the will of the Lord. In fact, Jesus, uh, in this neat passage in John chapter 4, he serves somebody, and then he talks about how it fulfills him. It's kind of an interesting uh, uh, topic, and we're just going to look at a piece of it. So in John chapter 4, Jesus, he goes and, and he tells his disciples, we have to go through Samaria. We have to go through it. Now, they didn't have to. They could have gone around it like all the other Jews. But he had to go through it because he was going to go and uh, share the gospel or really uh, share with this woman that he is the Messiah. Uh, it's the first instance that we really see him unveiling this to somebody and it was specifically he wanted to go serve this woman who was steeped in sin and really considered even an outcast in her area. So they head to and through Samaria. They stop at this well, and Jesus is like, all right, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out here. And his disciples, they go into town to go get food. And Jesus is just sitting by this well, and then a woman comes out to meet him, and he begins to talk to her about who he is and the kingdom of God and, and that reveal that he is the Messiah. And so as we get into John chapter 4, we're at this point in the story. And then listen to how Jesus talks about being fulfilled because of this. So John chapter 4 says this, verse 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Why are you talking to her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and, and made their way toward him. Right, So she's talked in town. People are starting to come out. And, and then Jesus, uh, it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Right, Serving fulfills us. He says, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of of him who sent me and to finish his work. Have you ever been doing something that you're so excited about that you like completely miss a meal? You're like, man, I, can't, I wasn't even hungry at lunch or something. It, it, it's almost like in this moment when Jesus is like, I got to talk to this woman, share with her about the kingdom, uh, that, that I was the Messiah. And, and he's saying, man, this is a food that has filled me today. And I think in a similar way, when we serve in 
a right mentality in a right spot in a place that God has really ordained for you in the will of God, when we serve in that type of way, God says, man, you're gonna be fulfilled. You're gonna be bubbling up with like, man, things are good because I love what I'm getting to do. I feel like I'm right in this sweet spot where God's using me and I'm being beneficial to to make a difference in this world. So when we get fulfilled in serving, that's what begins to happen. We get filled up in that way. It's so interesting. It's so good to be able to say, man, I really feel like I'm walking in God's will in this way and what he's called me to. He's kind of put this perfect mesh of my talents in serving. But here's the thing that we, we sometimes think is that when we serve in that way, we think to ourselves, oh, it's just always going to be easy. I, I, I'm always going to enjoy it. It's going to be so good. Almost as if, you know, at being a parent, right? Like some, somewhere in my mind, I thought, oh, it's going to be so good getting to be a parent. Like I'm just going to love it every moment. Man, there are some moments where I'm surprised my kids lived, right, to the next day. But there's some moments where I'm like, this is so joyful, but I'm so exhausted at the same time, right? You've had those moments where you've been doing something that you've just enjoyed so much, but you're still wiped out. So I think it's false to think that we're not going to get tired when we're doing and serving the Lord. You're going to get tired, We get tired with everything else in life. Why not with that as well, right? But the other thing that we need to think about in this is is this statement that really kind of came to mind this week, this idea that, you know, it's okay to get tired from doing good, but what we don't want to do is get tired of doing good, right? This idea that we don't want to get to a place where we get unhealthy and we're saying, man, I I just don't want to serve anymore. I don't want to do Uh, I don't want to sacrifice in this type of way. We want to get tired from doing good because it's the right thing that God's pushing us towards. We're stepping out in faith. It's not just our own strength, but it's God's strength in us as well. But we don't want to get tired of doing good. But we can really begin to walk down this in an unhealthy way as well. We can look at serving and, and we can think about it just from our lens instead of, God, where are you sending me to? Or, God, how are you leading me into it? And when we step into it with selfish mentalities instead of a servant mentality, when we step into it saying, oh, it's just by my own strength instead of God's, when we have that wrong perspective or wrong mentality, then we, we are going to find ourselves getting burnt out in serving. There, there's going to be a, an unhealthy swing to that. So how do we say to ourselves, how do I keep in the right mind frame of stepping into serving? Uh, Jesus, or not Jesus, but Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, a a neat thing for us to to think about. And in fact, he's talking in Ephesians chapter 6 to some people that are uh, slaves. And he's saying, hey, have this mentality as you're working for your owner, but even at the end of this verse, you'll, you'll see that he's saying rather slave or free, but he talks about Who we're serving for matters so much about what the outcome is going to be. So listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. He says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. So let me say that first verse again. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, 
not people. I don't know who needs to hear that today. Who you're, uh, you, you're tired of serving someone specifically. And, and you're maybe tired at work. You're, you're having struggles. And, and you need to hear, hey, I need to quit thinking that I'm serving a person. And I need to realize that as a Christian, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm serving the Lord. it's not that person that I'm upset with. I'm saying, God, I want to serve you. I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my Lord. God, I know this is hard, but this is for you, God. I know this is difficult, but you're going to give me strength, right? When we begin to serve with that type of mentality, when we live our lives in that type of mentality, then there's a different strength that comes into our heart of service, right? And so we really want to be healthy in that type of way. And so when we begin to do that, serving with that right mindset, going to work with that right mindset, uh, parenting your kids or, or, or uh, dealing with other family members or friends, then all of a sudden what happens is you'll find yourself growing in your relationship with Jesus because of that right uh, thought. But then you'll also find that the way that you're living your life will end up being something that pulls other people towards Jesus. This is what's so neat about serving. It will not only grow you, but it will grow other people that you're caring for, that you're loving for. Sometimes uh, with, without any benefit to you at all, right, people are just like, what? why'd that person just say something nice to me? Why'd that person just hold the door for me? Why is that person always joy-filled at work when everybody else acts like they're ready to just get out of here or quit? Right? It, 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 makes, it begins to, to make a huge difference, not just in your spiritual life, but for other people when you truly try to live this out. And uh, Jesus actually talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus uh, talks about us being salt and light. Right? At, the, at the beginning part of this, in verse 13, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. And I love in our Red Letter Challenge uh, book how Zach kind of uh, pulls out a Tim Keller quote here soon in our devotionals. And he'll say, hey, when it comes to salt, when Jesus calls uh, his followers the salt of the earth, when you put salt on your food, Tim Keller says, you're not like, oh, man, this salt tastes so good, right? But he says that when we put salt on our food, it always highlights the food, and we talk about how good the food is, right? You put salt on your popcorn, you're like, this popcorn is good. You, you put uh, salt on, you name it, right? Your macaroni and cheese, you're like, this macaroni tastes good. And in the same way, when we're living out our faith, Tim Keller says, and we're being the salt of the earth, people aren't like, oh, Ben, like your, your, your works are so good. No, it's, man, God is so good, right? We glorify him through our life. So Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It will no longer be good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then he begins to talk about light. He begins to talk about how we're the light of the world, he says in verse 14. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Makes sense, right? If some town, I know we're in West Texas, but there's hills not too far away, right? And if a town's built up there, it's pretty hard to hide that town. He, he, he's helping us kind of clue into some things. It can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. 
That doesn't make any sense. But instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And so then Jesus says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So he says, hey, followers of mine, if you've taken that step, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, let your light shine, this light of Jesus in your light, let it shine, and here's what's gonna happen. As you do good deeds, he says, they're not gonna glorify you. They're not gonna say, oh, look how great you are, but when we do it with the right mindset, when we're serving in the right way, not only will we be fulfilled, which we've already looked at in this message, but we will begin to point people towards Jesus in glorifying him. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. Can I, can I invite you guys to, to pull out your phones, actually? So if you have a phone, pull it out. Now be careful. You're going to get it. You're going to see text messages. You're going to start looking at Facebook or, you know, those types of things. But can, can I invite you? Let, let's pull out our phone right now. So uh, we're going to pull down the, the lights here as you have your phones out. And uh, I, I just want to give us this example of what it looks like to be the light of the Lord. And I'm going to step back here and grab something real quick. And, and so let's go ahead and drop the lights real quick. Let's drop the lights. And so as you have your phones out, as you have your phones out and you think about this idea, you're looking at your phones, when we think about the idea of Hey, am I going to be selfish or am I going to be a servant? For those of you in the crowd, right, that have that out and it's sitting there in front of you, I can see your faces, right? I can see the glow. And here's what happens. When we're focused on ourselves in serving, people see you. People see you and your gifts, your talents. And ultimately, you have to rely on your own energy. You have to rely on your own strength when it comes to serving. But... When it comes to us saying, you know what, hey, I want, I want to be somebody who shines the light of Jesus, I want to invite you, and I know you probably know where this is going, right? Turn on your flashlight and point it up here towards the stage, right? And when, when we say, hey, we're going to be light bearers, we're going to be people who, who shine the light of Jesus, then all of a sudden, when you're shining your light in service, I don't see your faces, but what, what is clear for people to see is the cross. What's clear for people to see is Jesus' love and who he is. So why does this matter, right? All of you light bearers. It matters because your life matters, right? And unless you have Jesus, unless you're leading for Jesus in this way, you're not going to be shining the cross. You're going to be shining yourself. But Jesus says, be a light of the world. Hey, let's go ahead and pull up our lights in here in the room. And I want you guys to, to just think about these points today, right? Serving fulfills you. Serving will bring you closer to Jesus. It will show Jesus to the world as well. So the question is, how does God, how is Jesus pushing you to start serving today? How does he want to, to wrestle you away from selfish thoughts and move you towards being more of a servant-hearted person so that you can shine a light on Jesus, not on yourself. And in this, you know, I, I just have us think once again about what Mother Teresa said, right? This, this whole idea that God's not calling you 
are calling us to do great things, but he's saying, hey, how, what are some small things that we can do with some great love? What are some small things that God wants you to do with some great love? I bet he's already put some things on your heart. He's maybe already put some people on your heart today. He's maybe caused you to say, hey, I need to be a little more intentional at home, at work, uh, with uh, just the people that you come in contact with randomly, right? Maybe on the roads, right? With all the crazy drivers. Like God's wanting you to be more intentional, and so here's what I want to do is as you start to think about God, what are you pushing me towards? Can I give you three examples today? Some, some areas that I would love for you to consider maybe serving and helping with here at Grace. And once again, I, I can't share all the examples with you. I can just share a few of them. And so uh, I don't mean to say, hey, this is only it. But I would love to, for you to think about these three things. The first one is this. Would you consider serving in kids ministry here at the church, right? Uh, Here at Grace, what we've been experiencing over the last four or five weeks is that uh, we've seen more and more kids coming into our kids ministry, and it has been an absolute blast. But we're at this place where we're saying, hey, we, we really need to be able to split out into our classrooms and have that divvied up a little bit more. And what that means is we need some more people to stand up and say, hey, I'll serve on a Sunday, and so we would love for you to be a part of doing that. And as I began to, to think about uh, what, you know, what it could be to kind of put a picture in your head, uh, for whatever reason, uh, what came to my mind this week was uh, a kid's movie. I got kids, folks, all right? I, I watch plenty of kids' movies. This kid's movie, um, Monsters Incorporated. Have you, guys seen, have you guys seen this movie, right? Some of you, you're afraid of kids, all right? I get that, and that's fine. But in Monsters Incorporated, check this out, the whole theme of it is that these monsters, in order to power their city, they have to sneak into kids' rooms, scare them, harness the power of their scream, and take it back to the city, right? Then by the end, what they realize is they accidentally make this kid laugh once, and it like blows up the whole city because the power of the kid's laugh is so much more powerful than their scream, and, uh, you know, and so they then start, instead of going and scaring children, which I don't recommend, all right, um, they go and, and they're just making kids laugh. And I, I began to, to think about, what, what if we thought about children's ministry from that side of things? Man, what if we had a bunch of people like, man, I want to go in and make kids laugh. I want to go in and make kids more uh, excited about following Jesus when they come in on the weekend. I mean, have you heard a kid laugh lately? Can I just show you a quick video? And we'll just see a joy factor in here. Check this out. Ew. <laughs> w. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> right? Like, in that moment, you're like, all right, that's good. I enjoy that. Now, trust me, there's plenty of screaming that happens too, but I want to invite you. Would you be a part of having that happen in kids' ministry on the weekend? So think about that. Number two is this. We've got a missions project that we're going on. I know, I know it's been COVID for a while, but we're saying, hey, we're coming out of that, and we're going to go and build a house down in Mexico in Corpus, uh, wait, through Casas por Cristo. This is something that our church has done for a while now. Now, some of you guys are like, I don't build houses. I don't do that. 
I hear, they make it real easy. And here's what we need. We need 15 people or more to say, hey, on Labor Day weekend, I'm gonna sign up and, and go and do this. Now there is cost involved with that um, that we'll get out more details on, but right now, all I want you to do is say, hey, I'm interested in it. Could you say, hey, I'm gonna go for uh, four days and help build a house over Labor Day weekend down in Mexico. It's gonna be a really fun thing that we get to do as a church. So be thinking about that. And then number three is this. Would you consider coming to our serve day next Saturday? Next Saturday, we have projects for people from, you know, if you're saying, hey, I'm just gonna, I just need a sit-down job, we got those, to, you know, I'll, I'll you know, lug heavy weights or, or work a paintbrush, which I don't like, but I might end up doing that. Uh, we've got all kinds of projects for us to come out, and here's the fun thing when we serve together. We create community with one another as well. And so I don't know what God is kind of uh, putting on your heart, but here's what I would love for you to do is if one of those three options or all of those three options were things that you're interested in, then there's a card in uh, your, uh, the seat in front of you. It gives you an opportunity to, to, to check off, hey, I'm interested in kids' ministry. Have somebody talk to me. By checking that off, you're not signed up for it, right? There's background checks and conversations, and, and you need to hear, like, what's really involved for, like, whether you could do it or not, right? You don't know what the time commitment looks like yet. But uh, you could check off the Casas por Cristo, or you could say, hey, I'm planning to come to the this, this serving day. And so uh, during this last worship song, you're going to have an opportunity to check that off. And then as you're leaving service today, uh, we have baskets that are on the way out, and you can just drop those in the basket. But also, I want you guys to know this today as well, is, is during this time, as you're saying, as you're hearing me talk about serving, maybe God laid something specific on your heart, and you're like, that's going to be a hard thing for me to go and do. Know that we'd love to, to just pray over you and say, God, would you help strengthen them in this? And so we'll have some prayer partners up front during this uh, worship song. And if you want somebody to pray for you or something that's going on in your life, please feel free to come forward. Or you, if you realize today, and Jesus really is God, and I need him in my life, I'd love to talk to you about that as well. So church family, can we fill those all out together? And can we also just stand right now and uh, worship our Lord?